Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land and water. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Support independent Mi'kmaq media. Become a Mi'kmaq Matters patron at patreon.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. We thank you for your financial support. This past Thursday, Mi'kmaq Matters was in Port-a-Port East for a meeting of the Port-a-Port Bay Fishery Committee. The special guest at the meeting was Bill Bryden of the Newfoundland and Labrador Coalition for Aquaculture Reform. Bill Bryden gave a graphic slide presentation outlining the environmental impact of marine net pen salmon farms of the sort that have been set up in Newfoundland. Impacts including breeding with wild salmon when fish escape, pollution from the toxic additives in salmon feed pellets, as well as from antibiotics used to control disease in the salmon and from pesticides to control sea lice. Newfoundland has very lax regulation of aquaculture. As in other resource sectors, the provincial government uses low standards as a competitive advantage to attract operations that would not be allowed elsewhere. Many of the aquaculture operations are based on the south coast, where changes in traditional fisheries make survival for residents and communities very difficult. But there's growing resistance to marine aquaculture in Newfoundland and elsewhere. The port port Bay Fishery Committee is one of the applicants in a case currently before the Supreme Court of Newfoundland and Labrador. The case involves an expansion plan for the Indian head hatchery in nearby Stephenville. The expansion would result in a 50% increase in capacity. But despite the size of the expansion and the problems associated with marine aquaculture, there has been no environmental assessment. And that's because of a legal loophole that's being challenged in the case. The challenge was filed by Equijustice, Canada's largest environmental law charity. Sarah McDonald is one of the lawyers on the case. I reached her in Halifax. The Indian Head Hatchery expansion project um, is, um, well, the, the idea is to expand the Indian Head Hatchery in Stephenville um, to accommodate more fish. Um, so right now the hatchery has a uh, production capacity of, I believe it's 4.5 million fish or salmon smolt per year. Um, and it is um, trying to increase that capacity to approximately 6.7 million smolt per year. So it's an increase of almost 50%, um, which is pretty significant, I would say. Um, and then those additional 2.2 million fish will um, eventually be transferred to open net pens um, on Newfoundland's southern coast um, that are run by a company called Northern Harvest Sea Farms, which is a sister company to the uh, the company that runs the, the hatchery, Northern Harvest Smolt, both of which are now owned by Marine Harvest. Mm-hmm. So it's a one, two, three. There is a existing in Stephenville currently. There is a, is it a land-based operation they have there now? The hatchery is um, a land-based operation. Yet, so how it works is that they they grow the salmon smolt at the hatchery. So they grow them until they're they're 
large enough and old enough to be transferred into the into salt water into the ocean. They will be raised in fresh water in the hatchery, mm-hmm. and then immediately um, once they're big enough, they will be transferred to open net pens uh, on Newfoundland's southern coast. Now, uh, your your case uh, involves the. Um, decision of the minister, the Newfoundland minister of the environment, uh, that the expansion does not have to go through an environmental assessment. Uh, and I understand the argument is that, oh, this is covered by the Aquaculture Act, not the Environmental Assessment Act. So therefore, nothing required. Um, sort of. It's a bit more nuanced than that. So, um the hatchery itself did go through, um, I guess, what I would call the lowest level of environmental assessment uh, at the provincial level. So um, in Newfoundland, um, a number of different types of projects are required to be registered for environmental assessment. And they did that for the hatchery itself, for the expansion of the hatchery. Um, but when they registered, when they provided the information to the minister, as part of the environmental assessment, they they only provided information on the land-based part of the project. They didn't provide any information about, you know, specifically where the fish will be going once they enter the once they go into the ocean, once they enter the open net pens. Um, they didn't assess any of the potential environmental impacts associated with that that part of the project. Um, they were only required to register the information about the land-based portion, so the actual expansion of the hatchery on land. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're saying is that they should actually have been required to register and assess the entire project, including the the ocean-based portion. Mm-hmm. So including where those fish are going to end up on the southern coast, uh, what potential impacts that could have, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the argument against that is that Northern Harvest Smolt, the the company that's that registered this project, um, says that the fish will only go into sea pens that have already been licensed under the Aquaculture Act. Um, so those pens are already operating. They're not operating at their full capacity because they don't have. Um, they're not full. Like they could take more fish. Um, but they are licensed already, and so they can just dump more fish in there without requiring any more assessment of the potential impacts. Mm-hmm. And is there a, uh, under the Aquaculture Act, is there an environmental assessment component there, as there is under the Environmental Impact Act, per se? There, There is some requirement to, like, I would say a very minimal requirement to look at some environmental effects but nothing compared to an environmental assessment in terms of the the scope of the information required, the length of the review, and the public participation that are required in an actual environmental assessment under the Environmental Protection Act. Now, there was a similar uh, case um, ruled on by the Newfoundland Supreme Court um, involving another operation on the South Coast. Tell us about that case. Sure. So, I mean, I should clarify that I, I didn't work on that case, um, but uh, my understanding is that in the Placentia Bay case, um, there were three components of the project. So there was a, a hatchery, um, there were a bunch of new sea, sea pens, 
open net pens that were uh, that are planned to go into Placentia Bay, and there is also a processing facility. Um, so in that case, there were a number of, of arguments, um, some of which don't really relate at all to the arguments we're making with respect to the Indian head hatchery. But uh, the argument that was similar was that, um, so in that case, Grieg, the company um, developing that project, had registered the open net pens and the hatchery for environmental assessment, but they had not included the processing facility in their registration. Um, they they were going to do that one separately. Mm -hmm. um, so the applicants um, argued that they had to register all three components of the project together. Um, and, and they did lose on that argument mm -hmm. at, the, at the Supreme Court level. I guess the overlap between that case and, and your case, a similar issue, is that these are sort of, a, it's a sort of interconnected uh, project. Uh, one is related to the other. Uh, rather than being distinct from it. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I would like to, to also say that, um, so in, in, in Newfoundland right now, um, the policy is to not subject open net pens, um, so like sea cages um, containing farmed salmon, um, to environmental assessment unless they're accompanied by some sort of land-based infrastructure. Um, so, in our view, um, companies are using this as sort of a loophole to separate their land-based structures from their open net pens when it comes to environmental assessment so that they never have to subject any open net pens to environmental assessment under the Environmental Protection Act in Newfoundland. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's essentially the, the core of our concern. Um, and it's it's why we think this case is important to bring forward. Right. So the the Indian Indian head hatchery case is significant not only for uh, its own uh, specific implications, but what it shows us and tells us about the regulatory environment in Newfoundland. Which I guess the Newfoundland government sees it as a sort of competitive advantage that in in other jurisdictions there are more stringent requirements. And here yeah. they are not, and uh, that's an invitation for the uh, multinationals like Rig to come here. We know, I mean, Marine Harvest, since moving into Newfoundland, has been applying for numerous new open net pen sites at the same time as they're developing this hatchery expansion, yet they're claiming that the fish from this hatchery expansion will go to existing open net pens conveniently, Whereas all the their, all of their new open net pens will be sourcing fish from New Brunswick or Prince Edward Island, so they won't be required to undergo environmental assessment because they're technically not accompanied by land-based infrastructure in Newfoundland. Your case was filed in April. Where is it now in the court system? Um, we're still. Um, I mean, we've had all of our deadlines have been set for um, submitting our written arguments and that sort of thing. And we have a court date currently scheduled for November 6th and 7th in St. John's. I see. And uh, have um, has a response been filed by the government of Newfoundland and Labrador? Yes, they have filed, um, they have filed a response. They have not yet filed their, their full arguments, their brief but they filed a short response to our initial application, yes. And are there interveners, uh, the operator, or is it uh, just you and the, uh, the government as uh, parties at this time? Northern Harvest Smolt was added as the second respondent. 
So they have full party status as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, would you expect the, the case to be complete on those two days, November 6 and 7? Or would there be uh, uh, further dates required, do you think? Um, at this point, I, I expect us to be able to get through all of our arguments on those, those two days. Um, but, you know, things things happen, <laughs> so I can't say that for absolutely certain. Sarah McDonald of Equijustice. Mi'kmaq Matters has reached out to the Newfoundland Environment Department and to Northern Harvest. So far, we haven't received a reply. We'll let you know if we do. And that's it for the program. Alison Baker is the technical producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Thanks to our radio partners, Bay of Islands Radio, Voice of Bombay, CHMR, and now on Meopagag, First Nation Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. I'm Glenn Wheeler, till next time.